Thank you for checking out the Missio Day Humble Park podcast and joining us as we join God as he makes all things new. We are excited to pursue his heart for the greatest city on earth in the center of the city in this great neighborhood of Humble Park. Stay tuned. Um, as we're continuing to think about joy and its implications in our life, that we are still looking at the stars, remembering God's promise to Abraham. And as we're moving through Advent and the joy of life is an important thing for us to consider because any joy that comes from Jesus is merely temporary. That he puts inside of us a joy that the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. This joy I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy I have, the world didn't give it to me. This joy I have, the world didn't give it to me. Oh, the world didn't give it, the world can't take it away. So it is a joy that is from, directly from Jesus. There's something that happens when an anticipation of a great promise reward is fulfilled. We can only begin to imagine all creation vibrating with the excitement of the coming king, an event that was told in the stars and captured by those who awaited diligently for the birth of Christ. In this season, as we look at the stars and reflect on the past year, maybe may we remember how far we have come to adore Christ that we are those on this journey consistently to find Jesus wherever he may be found. And generation after generation of people are looking at the stars and going, Which, where is he going to be born? Where is he going to come from? Some people believe that they, um, that the wise men, that they descended from stargazers from the same place that Daniel was in Babylon. Some believe that they had looked for generations after generations and listened to all the prophecies about the Messiah. So I can only beginning, begin to imagine a joy like when they actually see the star there and they're going, it's like, oh man, this is amazing. That while Jesus was still in the womb, the story of Mary visiting Elizabeth and the joy even the present, the joy of being in the presence of Jesus when he was still in his infancy. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary and the babe leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Dang! Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leaped in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which are told from the Lord. Elizabeth is carrying John the Baptist, and John the Baptist is preparing the way for Jesus. And their connection, their supernatural connection, is even happening when he's in the womb. 
that here is Mary the virgin who some believe could be as young as 16 pregnant with child that even God would enter this world in such a scandalous way that Joseph would consider getting rid of her quietly that he would consider divorcing her because of how scandalous it was for Jesus to enter this way like couldn't Jesus just come to earth a full grown man already you know what I'm saying <laughs> from a spaceship or something you know just like then he wouldn't have to deal with the mess of being born into this world like anybody that has their life perfectly uh, you know grouped up has never seen a child born right it is messy. But then we become adults and we're like, oh, let's clean it all up. Okay, see, life is not messy anymore. <laughs> and then we go through things in life and we're like, I don't know. I'm so shocked. It's so messy. <laughs> well, this is Jesus even being born and some believe that he wasn't in a stable. He wasn't. He was in a manger, but he was actually in someone's home. Because in those days, people would sleep very close to their animals a lot of times. So it would be an area that you walked in before you got to the home that was where the animals were. So most likely Jesus was going to stay with some members of his family, and that was all that, that, was, that was left. Carrying this joy in who he is. All of the obstacles he had to go through to be on his journey to Bethlehem even before his mother and his father took him to Egypt to get away from the infanticide. Like all these powers arrayed towards Jesus so that he wouldn't reach his destiny. Now think about your own life. All of the powers that have been arrayed so that you don't reach your destiny in Christ. All of the opportunities to be taken away from the blessed hand of God. But yet and still we persist. Yet and still you are here. It's an amazing testimony to God's goodness and his grace for each and every one of us. That joy is the resilient part of our life lived. That it is like that, you know, pop-up toy, you know what I'm saying, with the sand in the bottom. Those are really hot in the 90s, you know what I'm saying? You punched it in the thing, just popped back up. <laughs> I bet you ain't thought about that in some years. But <laughs> it's like, boop. And that is joy. It's the resilient part of life lived. As joy is growing from its infancy into its maturity, the thing that will not leave us is joy. That's why Jesus is joy. We're talking about all these different themes of Advent from hope to peace to joy to love. They are all found in the person of Jesus. That our resilience comes from who he is. Our joy comes from who he is. This is why we get purpose and meaning in life because it is seated in the one whose luster never fades away. Fix your eyes on Jesus. 
because everything else in the world begins to lose its luster. And I think about the song of Mary, that God is presenting her with a scandal. And this is her response, which is one of the most astounding responses in song or in verse in Scripture. That even as a child, she would be able to understand what God was placing in her. The real tragedy in life is not that whether you're pro-life or pro-choice, the real tragedy in life is that we have lost our joy for life. That we children come into this world and they're not always gathered, whether it is in a micro-community or macro-community, by joy, love, and excitement which is what every life is, a freaking miracle. And Mary said, my soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit has rejoiced in God my Savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant, for behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed, for he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He has put down the mighty from their thrones and exalted the lowly. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and his seed forever. Her song ends with where we begin, with Abraham looking at the stars and all those stars becoming these seeds that are scattered out throughout human history. That she would praise God in this way when presented with a scandal. Although she was an adolescent, her joy was in maturity. That when presented with a difficult situation, she would go, oh, Those with joy look at obstacles like trampolines. They don't see an immovable object. They see a trampoline. And that's the kind of joy that Mary had in her heart. Carrying Jesus In Micah 5 and 2, which is from this week's reading in a lectionary. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrath, though you are little among thousands of Judah, yet out of you shall come forth to me the one to be ruler in Israel, whose going forth are from old, from everlasting. The joy of Jesus. That we, let us be those who are, whose joy is growing from infancy. Happiness is very situational. This is why Disneyland is called the happiest place on earth. 
and not the most joyful place on earth. That's reserved for heaven. Joy is not situational. In its infancy, it looks like happiness. Oh, I'm so happy. Everything went right. I hit all the green lights. I got everything I needed. I got a raise. Somebody called me that I haven't talked to in a long time. Situational happiness. That is not joy. That is joy in its infancy. That we don't need everything to line up perfectly for us to step into the joy of who Jesus has called us to be. Even in his infancy. And this is the passage that I referenced that is right in Luke 2 and 51 where Jesus has just been teaching in the temple and his parents look for him and the first thing he says is didn't you know I wouldn't be in my father's house he's 12 years old he's been gone for three days the black version of that is <laughs> that's reading between the lines you know what I'm saying <laughs> I don't care how holy you read it to the bible like they were really parents you know what I'm saying and he was really a child because he just sounded like a child right there <laughs> Mary was like, bam, <laughs> and then it says, and then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. <laughs> I'm going to read this in 90s language. Uh, he went home and he was on punishment, and, uh, <laughs> and his mother treasured all these things in her heart, and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. This shows that we are not called to separate the spiritual from the practical. Like I said before, we glory too much in our enemies. We should be growing in favor and stature with God and man. I'm going to do this. Why? God told me to do it. Okay. All right. There's no comeback for that. <laughs> But we should be growing in favor with God and man. Mary treasuring this in her heart. That's joy in its adolescence, protecting that. And Jesus is showing us the way there. And lastly, joy in its maturity. I didn't put that in there. Let's see. Enjoying his maturity is like James 1, 2, and 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Like, is it really joy if it cannot withstand a frown? Or withstand a cold day in this town. <laughs> like, I thought I was joyful. Then that wind smacked me in the face. <laughs> uh, I'm just happy. <laughs> like, let us be those who like Jesus as he grew in life. Let our joy grow. 
bearing trials, the trials of the cross. And as we move forward, remembering how much joy that God has for us.
Thus says the Lord, the Redeemer of Israel, their Holy One, to him who man despises, to him who the nation abhors, to the servant of rulers, kings shall see and arise. Princes shall also worship because of the Lord who is faithful, the Holy One of Israel, and he has chosen you. Imagine what kind of life did you live if you die and it inspires Wow, you lived an amazing life. Think about Stephen being stoned to death. And people are laying their feet, their, their coats at the feet of Paul, which means he was approving of it. Forgive them, Father, as he is taking his last breath. How his death must have inspired Paul to be this colossal, on-fire figure for Jesus in the early days of Christianity. Imagine living with your love so out loud that even those who are supposed to despise you cannot. And what I want to make sure today is that we are not the despisers. That we are not those, trust me, as a pastor, it is so easily to compare what people have, what people are doing, how many lights and how dark and how many smoke machines people have. And you know what I'm saying? What kind of illustrations you have. People driving motorcycles in to do an illustration. You know what I mean? Like, we're not on that level quite yet, okay? All right. I got an empty box wrapped up. That's what kind of illustration I'm going to do, okay? That's, that's how I'm going to do it right now. <laughs> When we are despising someone in our heart, God cannot even get to us what he wants to get to us. Because we have created a wall that doesn't include thankfulness, doesn't include gratefulness. And people despise Jesus, and he despised the shame of the cross. Like imagine in welcoming a child into the world that is Jesus and seeing it in the stars and saying, okay, all right, I think he's going to be born here at this time, at this moment, and not even seeing everything that he would do. That he is simply just this child being born. And kings understanding how dangerous he is. So dangerous that you would go kill children to stop him from entering into the world. This is a passion that lives inside of us. That we shall lay it all out. And not keep something back just in case because we get to the end of our life and we have a lot that we've kept back and just in case did not happen. Let us live in discomfort so that we will not despise those who are living and loving out loud. You guys want to stand up? <laughs> 